Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Difference between Canadians and Americans. Oh, my God. Well, Canadians and Americans. Um, no, I went on a... Well, Canadian men are really, really sweet and nice, and they just want to marry you and cuddle with you in the wintertime, and American guys are like, I bought you a latte. Can I choke you now? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. So great to have you here. We got a great show today with comedian Tracy McDonald, which is going to be incredibly inspiring and entertaining. I can guarantee you that. And before I get started, I wanted to thank you guys, as always, for coming by, for subscribing, for listening, for leaving comments, for sharing. Those of you who are new, welcome. Those of you old, thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. If you need to get a hold of me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Instagram or Twitter, or you can go to my website at barrycats.com and reach me there, and I will be glad to get back to you. And so without further ado, let's introduce our guest. Tracy McDonald started her comedy career in Canada. She did very, very well and quickly began touring as an opener and then began headlining soon after at the prestigious Yuck Yucks comedy club chains across Canada. She appeared at the CBC Halifax and Just for Laughs comedy festivals and subsequently filmed her own special that still airs regularly in Canada. But her big break came when she was picked from thousands and thousands of people from all over the world to participate in CBS's primetime reboot of Star Search, hosted by Arsenio Hall. With less than $100 in her pocket, Tracy beat every contestant on the show, with over 15 million people voting for her. After that, she was tapped to participate in the Champions Tournament, and she increased her bank account to $200,100. 
She then was prominently featured in McLean's Top 30 Under 30 and appeared on Comedy TV, the CBS Early Show, the E! Network, Logo, Comics Unleashed, and both of her comedy albums can be heard on XM Satellite Radio, Pandora, and Spotify. In the last year, Tracy received the devastating news that she had life-threatening cancer. While she simultaneously battled the disease with a plethora of radiation and chemotherapy treatments, she simultaneously worked hard in creating and putting together the finishing touches on her third album, which will be released later this year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest today from her home in Hollywood, my friend, the very funny, unique, and authentic Tracy McDonald. Woohoo! I'm here. I'm here, Barry. It's so I'm exciting so... that you agreed to do this with me. I'm so, well, I mean, I kind of asked you. <laughs> Come on, Barry. I always ask for favors from you. Is this a favor? Um, no, it's not a favor. I just, no, I think we kind of got in touch again. And then I, after we talked, I just brought it up again and said I'd like to do the podcast. So, yeah. You have a, warm spot in my heart for many reasons okay but one of them is something that i don't think a lot of people in life or the business understand and i'm guilty of doing this sometimes which is a good thing but i'm also guilty of not doing it as much as i should so when my first child was born there was literally a package at my door, it seemed like within 48 hours, and I opened it up, and there was this beautiful, original piece of art and uniqueness to it, a frame of some kind that was so beautiful with stars and just celebrating the birth of my son, and it was so thoughtful with an incredible card. and. I, I always remember that, and so many people think to themselves, oh, well, I'll just send a text congratulating them, or I'll just send an email congratulating them. But you don't remember texts or emails, but I will remember until I die that feeling that I got when, oh, my God, this is an artist in our business that's thoughtful. And well, I'm Canadian, so... <laughs> Canadians are thoughtful? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm from Nova Scotia, Canada. I mean, the... They even said, I mean, there's a play about it when the towers went down and and all these um, all these New Yorkers got stuck in Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland, and the hotels were all full and people were like, come stay at my house. Like it's the Canadian way. I the think, Canadian be, way is the handwritten gift and the thing. Well, you. you know what? I This is what I remember I did. I remember I looked up gifts for jewish boys that's what i googled <laughs> that's what i googled um i didn't go pick it out i mean i still got it but i like i remember going gifts for jewish boys penis bandage and... was that one of them <laughs> <laughs> i just that's what i put and then i said and then i saw that i saw that photo and i was like that's so that's so beautiful i'm gonna send that to barry that's what i thought um so and now you still remember it so you know I should have done this podcast long ago. What the hell? I remember oh. a lot of things about you. I think that there are certain things that you remember in your life, but I think one of the things that I think it's better that you share okay. is how we first met. 
Okay, um, I'll share it, how we first met. Um, I was doing stand-up from the time I was a teenager uh, in Canada, doing the yuck yucks and all of that. And I, I for those of you who don't know, Yuck Yucks is yes. the number one chain in Canada. It's like the improvs yep. here, except it's the improvs light. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So I was doing um, Yuck Yucks in Canada, and everybody carpools, and I was, I was, uh, I would always. I read Judy Carter's book. Judy Carter wrote one of the first groundbreaking books on stand-up comedy when I started. I think it was in the late 80s or early 90s. And it was a book that everybody read back then. So I got on this TV show called Comedy at Club 54 in Canada. If you guys don't know what that is, that's very similar to something like Evening at the Improv, like a Evening at the Improv show or the premium blend on Comedy Central kind of thing. And I remember the sound cut out for that show but the mic still, they still picked up the video sound. And the guy said to me, you're going to get 900 bucks for this. And I'm going to pay you an extra hundred because the sound didn't work tonight, but we're going to get a great set out of it. And once I got that set, I read Judy Carter's book and kept sending stuff to LA. Like I kept sending sets of my act to LA and New York and all the comedians would make fun of me. They're like, nobody's going to open, no one's going to look at your stuff out there. And I said, no, no, I, I belong in LA or New York. I don't just want to play Canada. And they were like, well, good luck, Tracy. And then I sent this comedian, Tracy Smith, I sent it to, told me I should send my TV set to the HBO Comedy Festival in Aspen. And I sent it and they put it in the, whatever the reject pile is. And a guy got let go there that day and uh, his name was Mike Wardlow now he works for the Hallmark Channel and Mike Wardlow said can I um, you know can I take this girl's tape over to CBS like or can I take this girl's tape with me and then he went because he had a job interview at CBS and they were putting on the mid-season replacement of Star Search with Arsenio Hall and they he said they watched my set and they were like we think she could win the show and then I'm coming back from a gig I'm on the Greyhound bus and I get a call and this woman's like I'm Meredith uh her Meredith Fox. Uh, I'm Meredith Fox. I'm calling from CBS, and we want you to come to Hollywood to do Star Search. It's 90 seconds of American television. I said, what do I have to do? <laughs> and she said, um, you need to get your visa because you're Canadian. And I said, okay, who do I call? I call this comedian Jerry D, who's pretty famous of in Canada. Of course. Jerry you know has Jerry. the number one half-hour sitcom in Canada right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> so Jerry D, I should have stayed in Canada. But so, <laughs> so Jerry D... Um, Jerry D gave me the name of his lawyer. I, I, this woman said, I can help you get your visa. But I said, how much is it going to cost? And she said 5,000. So I asked everyone I knew for money and, uh, and people are like, no. And, uh, I remember my dad saying, are you crazy? You're, you're going to gam that's like gambling, you know? And my mother was like, find a way. And, um, and then the bank, it's crazy because I guess I had an office job because my bank lent me the money. And anyway, I ended up getting on the show and winning the whole thing and beating everyone, like beating everyone on the show. Alonzo Bowden is still in therapy. Alonzo Bowden is, you know, Alonzo Bowden and I still like email and he sent me a gift card recently. But I then, I think I had a manager at the time. Everyone I wanted to be my manager after, but I had someone. Um, you didn't tell the audience how much money you made on Star Search. 200000 It's 100000 $200,000. Yes. It's 100000 if you win, but I won the grand, I beat the grand champions too. 
you were riding a Greyhound bus. Yeah. Now, I want you to tell the audience how much money you had in your bank account when you landed in Los Angeles. 60 bucks, 70, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> you kidding? I didn't even know how much the money was. I grew up with like eight kids and my dad was a teacher. But anyway, so yeah, I didn't even, under, it's like, I wish I would have enjoyed it more because I think I was just in shock when it happened, for real. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. How many sets in the first round did you have to do to win? How many 90-second sets? Three sets of 90 seconds. That's it? Yeah. How come only three? Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so I did the... I went up against two comedians for the first round. Who were they? Stephanie Bloom from New York. Stephanie Bloom, and I don't know the other comedian. Who is the person <laughs> you beat for the championship the first time? I know I beat John Roy. I think that was... <laughs> I remember that. God, and he never... <laughs> forgave you. He never forgave me. He's always telling me all his credit since. But um, And then for the championship round, who did you beat? For the championship round, I think it was Alonzo Bowden and Kiwi Rogers. They're both doing fantastic. Just because you win doesn't mean... But um, anyway, it definitely changed my life. It changed my life when I won. How did it change your life? And, well, look, I still live out here. I, I have this apartment. By the way, for the audience, this apartment is massive. <laughs> this amazing. apartment is bigger than my house. It's incredible. I, I said, I'm not a religious person, but I, I've gone through my trouble. Like, I've gone through some struggles with my comedy and all of that. And I, I just said a prayer and I was like, God, if you still want to, if you still want me to live in LA and do comedy and all that, show me where you want me to live. And I found this place. It's, it's a long story about how I found this place, but I subled it and then the, the girl gave it up. And what struggles do you have about the comedy? What are you talking about? Well, just, um, you know, struggles, struggles with getting gigs and things like that. Like, okay. you know, making a living as a comic. Tell me what's your part, not everybody else's part. What's your part in why you struggle as a stand-up comedian sometimes, getting the dates you want to get. I'm not saying you don't get dates and you don't headline, you don't make money. I know you make money, you've done theater shows, but I want you to tell me your part in what it is. You know why I struggle? Because I, I don't have a person, like I'm sending the emails to get the gigs. I don't have anyone. That's not your part. I want to know your part. My part? I take it too personally if I don't get booked. I take it. Per I take things personally. I care what the other comedians think of me. 
But how does that stop you from getting booked? You're not a comic who bombs. No. People love you. They rally around you. They love you. You're huggable. You're lovable. What do you think it is? Because everybody has the things that are their Achilles heels. I, I did suffer from, I've suffered from, I'm not, I've suffered from depression where I've had a lot of comics say to me like, that have, they, they're like, I haven't seen you in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen you in 10 years. <laughs> like, I, I definitely have gone through phases where I was, like, had depression and didn't want to go do gigs or didn't want to leave the house. I'm not proud of that, but I definitely suffered from depression, which if you can't get to the gig, how can you, <laughs> you know? Um, I've had that kind of thing where uh, I haven't shown up. I'm not proud of that. I, even when I was thinner, I've, I've always had like issues with how I look and my, like I, when you told me you were going to like that this might be filmed for your archives or whatever, I was like, I was going to cancel. Like I've not, I've said no to shows because I didn't like how I looked like perfectionist or maybe I want to be the hot chick or I don't know. How long have I known you? A long time. Okay. Has there ever been one second during that time that I've known you that you've been happy with the way you look? No, that's what I'm saying. That's been true about me, but not to become a downer. But yeah, like since I got diagnosed with breast cancer and all that, that changed me. I feel like I'm different now as a comic. Like I feel like I'm fearless now and it's time for it's it's time for me to have my time, like my success. (laughs) Can I be like that? (laughs) Because I want to just talk about this. I want to understand. How can you not say out of all the comedians, you know, Barry? And all the comedians you've had on your podcast. I, I had Mark Breslin. He's the Mark Breslin, like owns the Yuck Yucks across Canada. He did this podcast. He was a guest. He did. He was a guest. Okay. So, cause I had Mark Breslin say, and he said to me once, nobody gets famous if they stay in Canada, which isn't really true. But I had Mark Breslin, actually Mark Breslin. I remember he told me to get a haircut and wear a dress on stage. So he would tell me weird things after my set, but he said to me, He's known a lot of, you know, comedians throughout his life. But I remember him saying to me, it's a lottery. You don't know which. Like, out of all the comics, you know, I'm not making an excuse because I know I'm my own worst enemy. I'm just saying out of all the comics, you know, how do you know who's going to successfully get booked at the theaters and get on TV in comparison or be a millionaire in comparison to who's working just as hard and is just as funny and isn't? You know, does that make sense? Yeah, but I think it has a lot to do with self-worth and self-confidence and the knowledge that you're going to do great things and the loving thyself. And every conversation I have with you, there's a joke about your weight. For years and years, that was (laughs) the thing. I'm wondering, is the self-worth thing tied to those jokes about weight and always talking about the weight or is the weight something totally different? I mean, my dad's passed on now, but my dad said to me a few years ago, he's like, I know you did star search and all that, but you're not going to be Seinfeld. Like your career's dead. And I just never got that. I don't know. I just have that in my head that he said that. (laughs) That was how many years ago? Um, I don't know now, but it was like, I do feel like I kind of um, 
I don't know. I started doing comedy when I was a teenager and I was like, an, I'm not trying to sound conceited, but I was like a natural. Like I did it at, I, I did it at my you university. You are a natural. I did it at my university in a contest and I knew how to write a joke and deliver a joke. And from the first time I went on stage, I didn't, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be after I'm done uh, college or whatever. And I got up on stage and I was making fun of the football team. It was like I had been doing it my whole life for my first time on. And this woman, this girl I was friends with Alicia White said oh this is what you're gonna do and then you know I've kind of been I still got my degree but I've been doing this ever since so I don't know I think I don't want to make it sound like my family wasn't supportive but it yeah I don't know what did you say to your father when he said that to you because I was going back to LA and he didn't want me to go um I said no it's not and I'm going back to LA (laughs) I'm still like I said, no, it's, it's not. It's just complicated. <laughs> like, How many people have had a sitcom that was on for nine years where they pocketed $225 no, none, million? No, none. None. I know. He said, you're not Seinfeld. And it's like, well, that's a big person to... But my dad did do radio and television. It was very funny. My dad... And did you my... tell him he wasn't stern? <laughs> I didn't say that. You know, we're always afraid of our parents, but... To me, you have this gift. If I pretended that you don't even do stand-up, and I pretended that you were plopped in L.A. today, and you had no money, no resources, nothing. Mm -hmm. To me, if you got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and read every newspaper and wrote jokes and faxed them to every late-night show... I would bet anything that you would be a staff writer within six months to a year in one of the shows making $4,200 a week. And that's not even doing stand-up comedy because you're such a powerful writer. You can write a joke about anything. I can mention anything right now, and I guarantee you'll figure out something. You ready for the test? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Difference between Canadians and Americans. Oh, my God. Well... Canadians and Americans. Um, no, I went on a, well, Canadian men are really, really sweet and nice and they just want to marry you and cuddle with you in the wintertime. And American guys are like, I bought you a latte. Can I choke you now? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, I don't have health care. So that's... you're the only comedian I've ever met who did this show that has actually a cue card in front of them. And I realize it's not a cue card. It's not a cue that's card. Your, it's your my new, new act and my new album. So if I just point to something, I could get a joke out of you. <laughs> I don't 24 know. spanks. I, it's like, they need to have, like, they should have a bathroom for women to put their spanks on instead of, so bathroom for the wheelchair, why is there one for women to put their spanks on? That joke's not done yet. Like, these are, this is stuff I'm working on. I told, made a joke about wearing spanks, and then you send me pictures of how I could buy spanks. Yeah, you can buy them for men. Why not? I don't want a woman to take me home and I blow up like a raft on an airplane disaster. They probably have their eyes closed, so... (laughs) Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing radio, social media influencing, 
or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment, and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and Everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the air doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the air doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. On a scale of zero being, I'm the laziest person in the world. I don't do anything to a hundred. I am the hardest working comedian I've ever known or seen in my life. What number are you? I'd say I'm 60 probably. So you're a D minus. So yeah. I think that's where it is. I think we just hit on something. If you don't mind me saying, so the material that you have, I don't think anyone would say it's below a B plus, and they'd probably say it's an A minus to an A plus. No one's going to look at your jokes and say that's a D minus. 
So we got the jokes that I'm going to give it. Let's say I'm going to be generous or I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to give your jokes in your act an A minus your comedy self-esteem. Where are you from zero to 100 self-worth? Be honest. Um, it's better than it used to be. Tell me a 75? number. Don't lie to me. Thirty? I don't know. I'm gonna give you between the thirty and the seventy-five. I'll just give you sixty, like you had the other thing. So you got the sixty self-worth. You got the sixty as a hard worker. Yet your jokes are a ninety-two. So do you see where that was? Where I see the problem is because I think that if you had the self-worth and felt great about yourself in the 90s and you had the hard work ethic in the 90s and the material in the 90s then there'd be no stopping you i think the reason why you still live in hollywood and you still make money and you have this beautiful apartment and you have a great life is because you can't deny the material so right. when you do go on stage, well, they you also can't play the... my material on XM radio, which is how I can afford everything. But yeah, because of my material. Yeah, you're so right. You can't deny that. No. But the point is that, in my humble opinion, if you ever decided to just turn over a new leaf, which is what I'm doing, and you ever decided to just clean the slate, keep the material the level it is and always aspire to be higher but bring the self-worth and self-esteem up to the 90s and get up every morning early in the morning and work on your craft work on all these cylinders in your engine so the thing with you is when you have the content that's paramount to anything to be able to write jokes the way you write jokes is incredible i want the audience to know more about you so you're rolling around you're here in town again things are going well for you you don't think they're going well because you're not working as much as you'd like making as much money as you'd like and then i want to take our audience through what's happened to you in the past year and how it's changed your life forever and take us through a month beforehand or a week beforehand and the whole thing. Uh, well, I, my dad passed away in no, November 2017. And then it was, you know, I, that, that broke my heart. I, that broke my heart. So even though what he said to you broke your heart, his passing broke your heart. It broke my heart. It didn't matter what he said. But I, I just, I also wanted him to maybe see me do more. I don't know. So so I I got very sad after. This is the true story. And I was sleeping a lot. And I was like, I just want to go join my dad. You know, I don't want to do this comedy thing anymore. And So you're thinking of ending your life. Yeah. And 
was that something that was in your brain every day or no i just was just tired i just was i don't know i was just tired i was just like not every day but every once in a while yeah i just was like i just want to see my dad how did you stop yourself from doing what brody stevens did because I, like I said, you know, I'm very self-conscious. So I was like, I need to look a certain way before I do it. I, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> cause I was like, I want to do like sleeping pills and have long flowing hair. Uh, no, cause you think of Brody, you're always right. have that positive thing. This Brody was always positive, positive. And so when that happened, it was devastating. So for you, did you have a moment where you were, like, I'm sure he had many moments where he was close, but he didn't do it. What was the closest you came to saying, I'm out? I just was calling my sister and said, you can kind of like sign your residuals over or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to sign them over to you. And did she say why? No, she said, give me that money. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she's very into money. Um, she's very successful. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't like, yeah, I just thought, I, I thought about it. I, I, I didn't know Brody. I only met him like one time, but I, I, as soon as I saw, I don't know, just when, a lot of times when you see a comedian's name, you're like, you just kind of know or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know that. Like, I kind of, you understand what their pain is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how did you get out of this? <sighs> how did I get out of it? So I, I remember in April, it was weird. I saw my little niece was going to her prom and she was wearing this kind of cleavagey <laughs> dress. And I saw the picture and I remember going, like, kind of, I couldn't feel my hand. I thought, like, am I having a heart attack because my niece is going to the prom? Like, because my niece is all grown up. Or my, I couldn't, my hand was numb. And it's my left hand, so I thought, yeah, is it, I don't know, is it a heart attack? What's, and everybody told me, just do yoga, you know. Do yoga, you slept on your hand. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not someone that complains. Like, you know, I've always had a high pain tolerance. I'm not someone that complains about, like, physical things. And I was just like, no, I, I can't feel it. I can't feel my arm. I can't, I can't feel it. And then... Um, uh, my friend Rena, she's a comedian, Rena Hunter. She said, uh, if you don't like go to the doctor, I'm not being your friend anymore. Cause I was talking about it for a few days. So, uh, I then, I then, um, noticed like, I, I don't want to sound conceited, but like, I'd look at my breasts in the mirror because I'm like, they look good. <laughs> and, uh, and they're all so big. So I was like, I never noticed anything, but then I Googled, like I noticed something felt swollen, like by my breast and by my armpit. And I went, I kind of, I know everyone says, don't look at Google, but it actually helped me. It said, if you, if you feel swelling or it feels weird. And then I got in, um, I got in the, you know, in the shower and I kind of felt, felt it. And I felt it and it felt like a golf, like a golf ball. And I saw my whole, I saw like the treatment, everything. Like I saw it, but I didn't see me dying, but I saw me going through all the treatment. It was very weird. I just went, fuck, in the shower. Like, I knew what it was. I'd, I'd done fundraisers for it. I've had friends that have gone through it, and I just, I knew that it was that. How could it be that 
you notice something the first time that's the size of a golf ball? Well, I have big breasts and it was on the side, way on the side. It doesn't hurt, so, and I wasn't going for mammograms. I wasn't like. But I mean, you didn't know it was breast cancer. You had to go get a checkup. I knew it was because I had a friend that went, luckily I talked to her, she talked to me through almost the whole thing, but I had a friend that, that I did a breast cancer tour and I had a friend that went through I've just heard similar stories. So what do you do next? I go, do I go back to Canada? Because everyone has insurance there, but then I'd have to move back and everything. You know, um, I looked up a place called Valley Breast Care and um, I was like, oh, it's all the way in the valley. But then there's also one near me. And uh, I called them and I said, you know, there's a lump, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, come in tomorrow. <laughs> like they're, they're, they probably hear this stuff all the time. But they're like, come in tomorrow. And it's before we open kind of thing. And I went in and. I remember it was a male doctor, and I was like, can I get a female doctor? He's like, I've been doing this for 40 years. I'm not looking at your boo. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, and then he said, we're going to have to, um, yeah, just um, do an x-ray and all that stuff right there. And they said, it it's, doesn't seem good. It seems suspicious. And then when they left the room, I was like, please, I'll never do anything bad again. <laughs> I won't. Because I was an occasional smoker for a long time, but I was like, I'll never drink Diet Coke, I won't smoke, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they came back and they were like, yeah, it's you need to get a biopsy tomorrow. You can come in before we open. And then, yeah, within three days, then I came in with my friend Rena. We were joking in the lobby. This is for the biopsy? No, this was after the biopsy when they have to tell me some news. Okay, so you go back where they're going to tell you the news. Before it's you, even open. And you go with who? I went with my friend Rena and we were making jokes in the lobby. Your friend Rena, who's telling you that same doctor? No, we go there. He's he's kind of short like me. We go there and I see him and he doesn't look me in the eye. You know what I mean? Like it was just me there early that day and he had news to give me and he wouldn't look me in the eye and he was like this. You know, because I'm so cheery and lovable. Who wants to tell me that? So, um, yeah, so then he, so I knew. I knew, it was, I knew it was something wrong. Um, and then he, yeah, he told me you have stage 2B breast cancer. I was like, what the fuck is with the B? And he's like, because it's... Did you bring your friend in with you? Yeah. Okay, so he tells you that... My friend said I just was like, I don't even remember it. My friend said I was just stoic. Like, I just said, okay, all right. Like, it was nothing. Like, okay, how much is this going to cost? <laughs> you asked him how much it was going to cost? Yeah. And I said, don't tell me what I weigh. I swear to God, that's what I said. So just don't tell me what I weigh. Ugh, I know. Okay. And, uh, and they said, well, it, it's going to be covered. Like there's emergency medical and it'll cover it. And then I said, great. And gave him a hug. So they said it would be covered. And what did they tell you the process was? Oh, he said, you're going to have to get uh, chemotherapy. Um, you're going to have to get, then, then we'll do surgery on you. And then radiation. But I, I, like I said, I kind of blacked out. Like, I kind of was like, what? Like, it just was a lot. So I, he said, it's going to take, you know, quite a few months. I just thought, all I thought was, because, you know, everyone scares you about the States. Is it going to be covered? Like, am I going to, like, that's why. And they said, yeah, you'll be covered. You'll get emergency medical. So your biggest fear wasn't dying. It was financial yes didn't even think of the dying i don't know i didn't even think of it i didn't even i'm not afraid to, to die go through I, this. Uh, 
You're not afraid to die? No. Nope. But before this, you wanted to die. Well, yeah. This made me want to live again. Why? After I found out, I did, like, I did want to, I don't even know. I, I, I went through a lot of different emotions, but, uh, yeah. Then I had to go to the oncologist and they said, you're going to lose your hair after the first chemo. How many chemo treatments are there? I had seven months worth. How many is that? That's 16, but four of the harshest kind you can get, like four double medicine that's really harsh that makes your hair go out after the first one and then 16 taxol like or 12 taxol sorry four of the strong stuff and then 12 taxol and that wraps up part one of our podcast i just wanted to thank my incredible partners starting with aquatru the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code BEAR and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And that wraps up part one of two episodes. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. And here's a preview of the next episode. In adversity, anybody that's listening to this, especially anybody that, you know, knows someone that's going through cancer or you're going through a hard time, as as hard as it is, well, first of all, you're going to hear the, the old saying is one day at a time, but sometimes it's like one hour at a time, one minute at a time, and don't, like, don't future trip. Like, people are always like past tripping or future tripping, just like, like, what time is it? Like, I saw sitting here, even though the apartment's kind of hot right now, but where are we? Like, we're here right now. Like, try to try to stay in the now and appreciate everything you have in the moment and people and, you know, stay positive and have a good sense of humor and you'll get through it. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out the money. Drop that fancy car. All the people love you. You're going far. Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain 
never quite over till it all feels the same. You pick your own poison, dig your own grave down in the valley. A fortune. Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.